Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. I did fundraising on social media, raised about $4,000 and went and was able to help about three or four different villages and three schools. I felt so good about doing it, that, but I ran into one village that the water was just like, I don't know how these people are drinking this water and still living. So I wound up coming back home, talked to some of my friends. And I said, look, I got to fix this problem some kind of way. Can you, you want to partner with me and help? And we sat down and had a meeting. And the next thing you know, out of that came Hope Missions. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. Journey. Right, guys this is gonna be a really really cool episode i'm bringing on jermaine gibbs and i gotta tell you i'm really inspired by his story and what they're doing from you know coming from a blue collar upbringing and now getting to a place of changing and impacting lives through helping people out in ghana and it's a really 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 cool cool adventure and i just love his mission and his journey so so enjoy this one as he shares his story it's a good one guys All right, guys, going to be another killer episode. I'm bringing on Jermaine Gibbs, man, and this dude's got a really, really cool story, so I'm looking forward to this one. So I'm Donnie Bovee, and this is Donnie Success Champions. Jermaine, my new friend, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your story. Oh, man. My name is Jermaine Gibbs. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm actually from the streets. I'm from the hood, but thank God for my grandmother. She exposed me to traveling at a very young age, and that kind of stuck with me. She was very strict, kept me in the house. So, of course, as soon as I got old enough to hit the streets, I wanted to hit the streets. Got caught selling weed in school, got locked up the first time. And I was like, oh, this is not for me. Still tried to dip and dab a little bit more. And then I realized, okay, this is not for me. Went and got me a job. Did a couple, uh, I probably, let's see, I started out in like uh, housekeeping and cooking in the kitchen. Uh, you know, all those little low Working for a living. Right, <laughs> right, minimum wage jobs. And then I, I actually got, went and got my CDLs, and I drove for about seven years. I did charter bus service as well as my last job. I was working through a healthcare agency, the logistics manager, pretty much making sure that all the hospitals that we had contracts with was getting their equipment because we dealt with labor delivery, all the pans and all the surgical equipment. That's what they did. Um, and then I left there in 2010 and I started playing around really hard with photography and got some doors to open up really early for me. 
a couple years down the line, I decided that this is good, but it's starting to be overwhelming. So I need to bring some other people on. So I created a group called the Uni Guy Group. And right now it's about 180 photographers that's a part of the network. And it's from all over the United States and a few outside of the United States. And what it is, when I get jobs that I can't do, we call it farm it, but pretty much subcontracted to another photographer. And my focus has been for the last couple of years is just weddings and really travel photojournalism is, is kind of where my heart is. But about three years ago, I was hired to go to Ghana to document a church's trip there that was doing revivals and I seen some major issues happening there and I was like I got to come back and try to figure out a way to do this and I decided the next year with three weeks of planning to go back by myself I did fundraising on social media raised about four thousand dollars and went and was able to help about three or four different villages and three schools I felt so good about doing it that but I ran into one village that the water was just like I don't know how these people are drinking this water and still living. So I wind up coming back home, talk to some of my friends. And I said, look, I got to fix this problem some kind of way. Can you, you want to partner with me and help? And we sat down and had a meeting. And the next thing you know, out of that came Hope Missions, which is officially a nonprofit this past June. And we actually went there in March without even without having a nonprofit, but we raised about $13,000 and we went to Ghana and built a well in one village. And in another city, we adopted a school where we actually gave out 15 laptops. We built three bathrooms because the students were just literally just releasing just in the wilderness. And I was like, how can somebody do that and then go back and try to focus back in school without and feel a certain kind of way? And now what we've been doing since then is we all have adopted a teacher because it's a very small school. It's only about 80 students, about seven teachers. So we currently pay that salary every month. Oh, wow. Wow. So you literally a dude that grew up in the school of hard knocks, blue collar life. And how the hell did you find a camera in the first place? I mean, was it something that, you know, you were going along, you pulled out probably back in the day, your flip phone and like, I'm going to take a picture of that (laughs) and fell in love. I mean, you know, where did that start? So I actually was gifted a camera when I was probably about 10 years old by my grandmother. And I was the kid that just always back then there was film and always ran around just documenting everything. And I would run and get the film developed. And they'd say, okay, come back in an hour. In about 48 minutes, I was back saying, is it ready yet? They said, no, not quite. Come back. But to me, like a and good kids friend. kids nowadays don't understand the whole film, you know, development oh. process. <laughs> <laughs> they had no clue about film. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're literally running around taking pictures and just fall in love with the process. You know, but that's 10 years old, man. You know, I mean, then you go through, of course, like most of us in our youth did some stupid things, got in a little bit of trouble, right? And, you know, try and figure it out by doing whatever job we can get our hands on, right? Right. Not approaching life like we're trying to learn something. We're just trying to make a buck. You know, what point was it that you were like, I just can't keep living this lifestyle. I've got to do something different. Because I didn't want to be a product of my environment. And I know that 
because of traveling and seeing different things that I knew it was way more out here. And I felt like somebody in the family has to step up and show not just the family, but just the people in the neighborhood that all things are possible if you just believe in yourself and really don't take the easy way out. Let's go the route that most people don't travel and let's try to figure out a different route that's not the easy route. And that's kind of what I did. Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, you know, you were hired to then go to Ghana, which Ghana's gotten a lot of play in TV and everything else with the gold mining shows. And wait, it's Ghana or Guyana? Those are two. No, Ghana. 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 Okay, okay. So two different countries. I'm thinking of then, and go down there and like what happens in a third world country. I mean, once you get exposed to that, you know, you're never going to walk away from it because you want to throw a helping hand out there. You dove in head first. What was that experience like the first time you stepped off a plane? And, you know, you realize where you're at. Oh, man. To be honest, it it was so I didn't know what to expect. Because like most people, you only think of Africa as what you see on TV. Right. And and most of what you see on TV is wild animals running around and nobody have clean drinking water. And it was just so many indigenous people, you know, all that. Right. Right. But actually, when I stepped off the plane and I was like, you just got this instant feeling that it was just like love in the air. And just literally the first person that greeted you was like, how you doing? And that it was just the energy. And it was just like nothing but positive energy. And then the people that met us to come pick us up, they were just so full of love. And I was like, wow, this is not the Africa that everybody's portraying on TV. Right, right, right. So... Now, you were out there on a church mission? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, it was a church mission. And you were there just to document, you know, what they were doing. Exactly. And then somewhere along the way, you know, your heart gets pulled a little bit, and you're like, I got to do something more. What possessed you to go back by yourself? Because, you know, I got people that are listening to this right now going, hey, that guy is freaking crazy as hell, you know, to go back and buy his self. I mean, you're not a special forces trained guy. You're not a, you know, survivalist, you know, anything. You're jumped on a plane <laughs> into Africa to try and change some people's lives for the better on your own. Oh, man, I, I think... I don't even know what possessed me to do that, to be honest with you. It was just like, you know, Jermaine, this is, you know, I'm type of living a per- living a moment person, not afraid of anything. But I was just like, I have to do something. And I remember when I was there the, the year before, I told the people, I said, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. And I just made it happen. And I reached out to some friends and some of my followers on social media and told them what I wanted to do. And within like four days, I raised the money. And then I was like, okay, let me book the plane ticket and let me go. Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it like when you, I mean, did you already have villages you were planning on going to because you went there with the, with the church originally? I did. I kind of had some, my contact person, I kind of told him like, I did want to go back to these certain villages, but if it's other places that you want to expose me to, I'm open to it. Cause I had, I think I was there maybe 21 days. Okay. Okay. And did you already have access to the resources and things you were going to need? I mean, I know you had a little bit of cash on you, but you know, if you're digging a well, either you got a couple guys in a shovel or you got heavy equipment. I mean, come on. <laughs> so no, this, we built a well this year. So when I went okay, there, okay. I actually took a team of seven people with me. Okay. But what happened was already had, 
put in place the, the people to actually work in the village. So instead of hiring contractors, we actually hired the local people to start oh, awesome. on the building. So they just started about three weeks prior to us actually getting there. Okay. All right. So you guys just came in and helped with the, the final heavy lifting and all yeah. of that. So, I mean, somewhere along the way, I mean, you actually were empowering this village to, to, how do I say it without coming across like a jackass, but, but to step up their game and do more for their village. I mean, of course you were financially helping them out and doing that, but that's huge. I mean, you're impacting lives for generations by you know upgrading their 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 way of living and way of life you know what's it like coming back to the states i mean you go through this you're doing all this you're you're dealing with a different style of people just because of the way they grew up and everything else and now you're coming back and it's like you're you're slapped back into the crazy world we call the u.s you know what is that that feeling like well see from now in the first year when I came back, I didn't really understand that I needed to adjust. But so this year I actually planned to take a week of to readjust because it's a huge culture shock from the time you really get off the plane and you start hearing people cussing and just hearing argument and just like, wow, what, where am I at? <laughs> so it's a huge culture shock. And then just to to see some of the things that go on and, you know, you turn the news on and hear these stories. And I'm like, man, it's amazing how these people have nothing. But they, the love and how they treat each other goes so far compared to the people here in the States don't realize how truly blessed they really are. And they just constantly complaining and just doing things that just don't even make sense. Like if I could take a hundred of these people here and drop them off in a, the village where I was at and bring a hundred of those people there and bring them here I mean, I think it would just be something that will, it would definitely be life changing for on both sides. Yeah. For, it will probably open up those people's eyes to realize like, wow, I'm really blessed. When can I go home? Because a lot of times you don't have electricity. You know, I've had to take, not take showers. If I take showers, cold showers, but I try to take a middle of the day because they the water tank is on top of the actual house. So the heat is warming up the water and that's what I'm showering with. But it's other times that I literally had to wash in two buckets. So when I go, I do the true, I want the authentic experience, not this five-star hotel and all that. And then I'm going to have a car come pick me up and then I'm going to come be working in your village. Like, no, if I'm going to be all in, then I'm going to be all in. Right, right, right. You know, and, and it's interesting. I remember my first time going out of the country, and it was when I was in the Marine Corps, and the culture shock alone was was mind blowing. We don't often, or I'll just say, I mean, a lot of times people in the U.S. do not know how really good we actually have it. You know, and we do take for granted everything that that we have. I mean, it's still the greatest country in the world, you know, but it's because you have every opportunity to turn life into whatever you want to. Not every country gets that luxury, you know, to do that. So I really love the fact that that you've gotten that opportunity. And I love your plan. I really wish you could swap a hundred for a hundred because you want to make massive change. You've got to shock the system for people. And that would be a, an ultimate way to, to shock the system for people. So now you've gone back three times. Yep. I've been three times. Okay. And what's the continued mission? Are you guys going to go and continue building more water wells? Our project for this year, for 2019 actually, because we're not there yet 
is to purchase some land because actually where we built the well at, the people are still living in huts. So we want to purchase some land, tear those huts down and build them real homes, but not just build them homes, but a lot of them have great skills. So they like cutting down wood and carpenters and all that. So we want to provide them with the actual equipment so they can now, a job that would take them three days to do, they now can probably do it in a couple hours mm. because we don't want to just give them, but we want to actually let them be sustainable and create their own money because you know we don't want to, if we just keep giving and keep giving and not expecting anything of them then we handicapping them so we realize no we don't want to handicap them we want to actually give them the resources and the equipment they need so they can sustain themselves and then what once they do it our goal is okay now you want to teach the next set of people. And if we keep constantly doing it, then we can make a major change and we can really take over an entire village and really change the, the village. And not only that, change the mindset of the people because that's the biggest thing that's killing people is the mindset. Yeah, I love this, dude, because so often charities step in and they just help, right? They, they give them food, they give them clothes, they give them all this. And I love it. Don't, I'm not knocking it, but you're not changing the mental game when you do that. You're not giving them the skills to sustain. It goes back to, you know, you know, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish, you know, he eats for the rest of his life. And um, I love that you guys are taking the approach of we're just helping supply assets so they can build, you know, their world and create a sustainable lifestyle. That's, dude, that's really, it's a beautiful thing um, that I wish more people would embrace. But, you know, we live in a society in the U.S. where it's everybody wants a handout, you know, and when that handout comes, you don't learn anything. And so the only thing you know how to do is ask for another damn handout. It's wild. How many people do you have going with you to, to help out on these things now? So it's about eight of us. Okay. And guys, girls, I mean. It's actually half and half. Huh? That just naturally work out or do y'all have some girls who are like, look, y'all ain't going without me, damn it. Um, so. <laughs> So, no, actually, they, you know, everybody brings something different to the table. So we have, like, one of the ladies is, our, like, our finance person. Mm. Other person is in charge of, like, the logistics and getting everything mapped out. But at the same token, they all was like, no, we're going to help. Hey, guys, it's Donnie here. And I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company. And this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms. But we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, 
then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. You know, they they digging in the burrows and spreading the cement on the wall. And I'm like, okay, you know. Um, well, but, I mean, you got to go. You better get ready to roll up your sleeves, man. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> That's the good thing about the team. Like, we have the most amazing people on the team because they all are loving and caring. And, and that's why we kind of name our organization HOPE because it's an acronym for HOPE for help open people's eyes. Mm. And that's what Africa did to me. And I came back. And when I took these seven people, now their eyes are open. And now they have the passion and the fire just like I have the first time I went. I love that. I love that. What are people around you saying? You live in Baltimore, which, you know, if you visited Baltimore, is a great city as long as you stay right in the inner harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I've been there several times. And, 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 man, you step too far out of the inner harbor and things get a little rough around the edges. And, you know, you're flying to a third world country and helping the people out there. Are you catching flack for that at all? So there are, of course, there are a few people like, why are you not doing things in Baltimore? But actually, my initiative actually started in Baltimore. Okay. We, I started a project called The Unheard People. It was really something I created on a photojournalism just to kind of have a better understanding and to share to the people in the area about homelessness. But actually, after like the second day, it, it again, it touched my heart. And next thing you know, me and another friend, we started buying clothes. We started, I mean, we started doing a lot of things, but just that little bit of time of being out there, we helped so many people. We helped actually people get people off the street. We was putting them in hotels when it got extremely cold, you know, and we actually built that that foundation there before we actually, before I actually went to Ghana. But, you know, as I tell everybody, God gives everybody a different mission. Mm-hmm. And some people mission are from Baltimore and I love, and I, every time I get a chance to help, I will help. But then there's certain people that God just pull on that's bigger than Baltimore that you have to understand that, you know, that you're on a more of a global, you know, because I can, you know, some people are afraid they just not going to go to Africa and do the things I did, but you know, God trusted me with that vision. And now I want to continue to carry out that vision. Right. Right. So, uh, this is it really is beautiful man i, I freaking love this so i'm assuming you're taking your cameras along for the ride and documenting the journey oh, of everything yes. you guys are doing yes you know, how do people find those pictures so they can go on hope missions ghana www.hopemissionsghana.org and you can see some of the pictures there but we actually in the process of building an entire new website that's just focusing on everything that we did this year we're putting together a really good documentary we have a instagram hope missions ghana where we post some stuff there so they can kind of follow the journey and stay abreast of what we're doing yeah, so th- those are the main three things, three ways that people can kind of reach out to us. If you want to know more information, if you're interested of possibly of traveling to Ghana with us or how you can donate or, you know, is there any certain things that we can donate? Because, you know, some people have backpacks. Everybody is not meant to travel, but some people have resources that, hey, I know such and such that can help you with this resource or, you know, what do you need for your next project? What is your next project? So those are the different ways that we can be contacted to figure out what our next project is in 2019. 
No, so that's that's huge because I know with the the champions that listen to the show, there's going to be some people that are going to want to help out. I mean, this is this is going to hit their mission, but you know, literally, if people wanted to go along for the ride with you guys and throw their hat in the ring, what does that look like? I mean, is it is I'm sure you guys have some sort of process. You're just not. Oh yeah, so we do we do like a like a, a interview process first. We do like an application, and then we do like an interview process with we'll have it's like a Zoom. And we will have the person on and all the board members are kind of asking questions and just trying to make sure that that connection is there because, you know, it's not easy work. And I try to tell people it's not a vacation. Like when we go, we travel as family. We right. stay in one house. We have one vehicle that we all travel and we kind of stay tight niche. Like we become a family. Mm, that's so, awesome. We're definitely open to have different, like we actually have three new people that just came on board now. We have actually someone who's actually in one of the parts of Africa. We have someone in Atlanta and someone from Chicago that just came on board. So they'll be traveling with us in 2019. So we definitely looking forward because the more people we have on a team, everybody has a different specialty they can bring to the team. So we are open to that because the more help we get, the bigger the projects we can do. Mm, true. True, true. You know, how much has this impacted your personal life? I mean, how much has this changed you on your journey? Oh, man, it definitely made me a much better person. Like, I realized I was just, you know, I was just on vacation last week, and I'm just sitting back relaxing because I really don't get to do that that much. (laughs) And it just kind of allowed me like, wow, you know, I'm really blessed because I really haven't complaint since I've been to Africa. So that's that's major because a lot of people, when things don't go right, you kind of tend out of habit to want to complain. But because of being in a third world country, it kind of lets you see like complain. Even on my worst day, I'm still beyond blessed. So I won't even part my lips to say anything out of the way to even to, to acknowledge a complaint. Not only that, it keeps me humble. Mm. It keeps me grounded. And it reminds me that you know, this could be me. So, you know, just always remain humble and always carry yourself in a certain way because you never know who's watching, who may notice you from social media and be like, hey, I know, you're that guy from here. And it could be somebody that's possibly better to write, come up to me and write me a check. But I'm turning around, I got a drink and I'm acting crazy. Then like, who's this guy? You know, so it just keeps me on my feet at all times. No, that's awesome. And it's humbling to hear. It's just such a a cool, cool mission. Have you thought about going out and doing a lot of public speaking and stuff on your guys' mission and what you're doing? Have you gotten to that part yet? Actually, I have. I've got quite a few invitations and I've been doing a lot of interviews in the last couple of months. And because, and, you know, I told my team this, it's not that people don't want to give to us, but the thing that we have to do is to expose ourselves. Mm-hmm. The more we get exposure, the more people, because I've, I've been random places recently and told people what I was doing. And next thing you know, I'm getting a notification email. This person made a donation. Right. So it's really about getting that exposure. And I used to shy away from public speaking and all of this stuff. But photography has been the one thing that has kind of took me out of that comfort zone and allowed me to actually talk about. It. And when I realized when you talk about something that you really love and doing is people really gravitate to it because it's not like you read it from a book, but they can feel and they like the authenticity of a real story. Right, right. 
dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I think you popped my head. Are you going, are you teaching, you know, photography to some of the people in Africa to try and give them a skill set? Because you've, I'm sure you've seen the social media stories where, you know, people have sent cameras over and turned them into photojournalists and things along those lines. Are you guys doing any of that since you guys have still the passion for photography or anything? Yes. So actually, and it's crazy because we actually have, let's see. So we, on a team, we have three photographers, <laughs> one videographer, and actually one person on a team just started doing photography, just out of the love and seeing how I was documenting everything. So, but yeah, we are definitely, I think the last, not this year, the first year I was there, I took my drone. So I had a group of kids that I was showing them how to fly the <laughs> And you know, they'd never seen anything like that before. They never <laughs> seen so they just amazed. Actually, you know, it's like the whole village is just coming around like, what in the world? So it just, they just amazed by that. But I actually have had a group, maybe about 10 elementary school kids teaching them photography and the basic skill set and things like that. But yeah, we definitely, I've been talking to some photographers there who want to actually put together some classes while I'm there. So I said, I don't have a problem doing, you just let me know the dates. So that way I can work around the days while I'm there to make sure that we can definitely do it. Because I've actually did it in India in 2016, taught photography when I was on a mission trip. And it's amazing how even with the language barrier, photography is that one universal language that everyone in the world understands. If they can't say anything else, they can say photo, photo. Selfie. <laughs> Selfie. <laughs> I love it. That's become a universal language. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, what I'm really just what a freaking cool story and I, and what a cool thing that you guys are doing. You know, where do you think this is all going to take you? I mean, is this going to go and be way bigger than you ever dreamed? Or are you guys going to stay focused on what you're doing? No, actually, you know, and all of this came out of nowhere because literally I sit back sometimes was like I never in my life planned or seen me as a philanthropist or humanitarian. But then it takes me back to the way I grew up. My grandmother was a child care provider. And sometimes she would have 15, 20, 30 kids in there. And I was like, I know she's not getting money for all those kids, but she just had a heart and a heart to give and my mother my father all was the same way so it's just it comes to me naturally but I didn't see me going in this direction but after going to Africa and then going to Kenya and going to I mean all so many countries I've been to in the last five years it's just like it's like okay you know this is something that I could see me doing full-time like you know just traveling around the world and really you know I was talking to some friends this week and I told them, you know, if you really want to be successful in life, you have to figure out one thing, one thing only, and that is how to fix a problem. Once mm -hmm. you figure out a way to fix a problem, you can really impact and change lives all around the world. So let's figure out a way to fix problems. Love that. And you should, is that part of Hope's mission? Yeah, that's part of Hope Missions is to fix problems. Like, we, you know, we don't we have a five-year plan in Ghana because we want to build our own school there. We want to build a hospital. You know, there's just so many things that we can do to fix it. And I think anything is possible. It's just we continue to put the work in and let people see that, yeah, we are generally caring about this. So this is where your money – and that's the good thing about having photographers and videographers on a team to be able to document everything we're doing. So you can see, like, we're not just saying we're taking your money 
money, but this is actually, here's the things that you're doing. And then the people from the village, they're sending us videos. Hey, you can share this so people can actually see the impact that you're really doing. And, you know, we really want you to continue to come back and continue to help us because you really are changing lives, you know, because, you know, sometimes I'll be like, hmm, this, I don't even really let it sink in to the, the amount of impact that I'm really having. But when I really, really think about it, it's like, I took a village where people said they only dreamt about water and now they have clean drinking water and they can supply water to up to 300 people. That's major. Dude, you're impacting the next generation for hundreds of years. I mean, I mean, in, in truth with, with the things you and your team are doing, it doesn't get more beautiful than that. And to see such a humble heart take on that mission Dude, from the outside, that's just a cool thing to see, man. It really, 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 really is. I love this. You should get some t-shirts made with your entire philosophy is if you fix a problem. That, that's just, just awesome. So I know the new website's being built. Yes. And uh, I know you're on social media. Is the website going to have the same web address? Yes, it will be the same web address. Okay, it perfect. Buy a new look. Perfect. And we'll make sure that's all in the show notes and everything so people can get that. Man, keep rocking and rolling. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so glad I got to be a part of helping share this journey and share this, you know, this story out there with people. Remind them once again how, how they can get in touch with you. So the website is www.hopemissionsghana.org. The Instagram is Hope Missions Ghana. You can follow us on all those sites. You can actually follow me on my personal site because I'll be posting a lot of inspiration. I post a lot of inspirational stuff, daily inspirational stuff, and just kind of different journeys that I've been going through in my own personal life. And as a photojournalist is J underscore unique guy. And you can follow my website is jermainegibbs.com. Very simple. Yeah, very simple. I love it. I love it. Well, Jermaine, here's how I like to wrap up every show, dude. And this has been a hell of a ride. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. If you could leave the champions that listen to this show with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something that they can take with them on their journey, especially if they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Hmm. Remember this. I should have forewarned you. I stumped some people with this one. <laughs> I think I would like to leave people with one, one super simple thing. And that is just always remember all things are possible and never let where you come from determine where you're going. Mm, love that, dude. That's 100% the truth. Jermaine, thanks, brother, for coming on. And, and thanks for sharing your story. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. 
Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.